You're listening to ZZ Talk, a father-son generational podcast where we talk about entertainment, culture, and a variety of other subjects from the perspectives of both Gen Z and Gen X. I'm Noah. I'm Greg. And this is ZZ Talk. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. So today's topic will be a perfect segue into a potential redirection that we're going to discuss after uh, the main topic of today's episode. But we wanted to talk about our favorite actors and actresses from our respective generations. Now, of course, for myself, there's going to be a lot of actors that are much older than I am, but had most of their prominence during the time that I was a kid or when I was growing up. And I believe it's going to be the same way for my dad. Um, I would imagine most of his favorite actors and actresses were born in the 1800s, maybe early 1900s, something like that. But we're going to see just where they fall on, uh, on his scale. Um, all jokes aside, though, uh, we are just going to talk about some of our favorites. It doesn't necessarily have to be an objectively best list, but just from what we've observed uh, over the course of time and uh, who we've come to appreciate especially. So we're going to have three uh, as our top and then we're going to give some honorable mentions as well because it's impossible to narrow down uh, one objective or all-encompassing list when it comes to just the amazing range of talented actors we have in Hollywood today so what do you have to say to that well what I have to say is even though I thought of this topic um, I think perhaps the direction that I went in was a little different than the one that I uh, suggested. And that is to say, I'm not sure that all of the people on my list are necessarily from my generation. <laughs> they are active uh, performers today. And um, I have a feeling we're going to have at least one or two overlaps, even though we only are supposed to officially have six total. Plus, we have some honorable mentions, but I suspect we're going to have at least one overlap in perhaps the actor category, but we'll see. I don't know if we will, but if there is going to be one, I know who it would be. But yes, obviously, we can't say that ahead of time. Um, right. But yeah, let's get into it. So let's go with you first, uh, since okay. you suggested the topic. I want to hear who one of your favorite actors or actresses is. Okay, I'm going to start with my favorite, one of my favorite actors, and that is Will Smith. And oh, yeah. here's why. Um, first of all, I do believe that Will might be uh, headed for... Um, the podium at uh, the Oscars this year, mm-hmm. not that I'm going to watch the Oscars, but I do believe that the, the momentum is on his side. And I happen to have loved that film, King Richard. But, you know, it's kind of fun for speaking of generations for me to see the rise, sort of the, the fall and the rise again of Will Smith, not fall, but, you know, he was uh, obviously a rapper and then had the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and just sort of, you know, this is someone who is naturally charismatic. Oh yeah, and I I've listed a few films per per performer that I just want to highlight because I think that uh, these are good examples of the range of uh, talent. So uh, of course Ali is a great film by Will Smith in the the title character. Uh, my favorite from Will Smith, believe it or not, is Six Degrees of Separation, which was oh. I believe his first film. I don't know if you've ever seen it, Noah, but it's a really good film. With I've a heard great of it. Cast. It's really good. That is when you knew that this guy had talent, was more than a sitcom star. 
Uh, and then Concussion is another one of my favorites. There's a lot of other great Will Smith films, but I remember thinking, wow, that's quite a performance too. So for me, Will Smith is one of my favorite actors. A lot of uh, some very pop um, popcorn kind of films, but also some really dramatic turns that uh, garner um, him as uh, one of the strongest talents in Hollywood, I think. Yeah, I think Will Smith is great. Um, he's also producing uh, the Fresh Prince reboot, which is simply called Bel Air right now. But I mean, he's just been a prolific actor. And um, I would say that he probably would have been our overlap had I chosen him. Once again, there's just so many I can think of. But um, Will Smith, I've definitely enjoyed his movies. I mean, we're talking about I Am Legend, and I recently saw a meme that uh, showed that our gas prices now are higher than the ones that were in post-apocalyptic I Am Legend. Um, I love that. That's great. Oh, yeah. But that aside, you know, of course, he had Independence Day and he had Men in Black. And um, that was, you know, late 90s. And then moving into the early 2000s, he had Ollie, like you said. And then, Mm -hmm. of course, he somewhat uh, successfully made his son a public figure. Um, through, I mean, After Earth, The Karate Kid, which is actually quite good. Um, And Will Smith didn't star in that, but he's had his hands in a lot of different projects if he hasn't been starring in them as well. But he's always been a reliably good time. He's both funny, but he can also be very serious in dramatic roles. Um, I believe Pursuit of Happiness is another one uh, that Mm -hmm. he's in. And Mm -hmm. uh, he was quite good as a single father. I mean, he's just got a lot of really great range. And whenever you think of Will Smith, you always just think of a fun personality, but somebody you can reliably enjoy in a movie, even if the film itself isn't too great. So I'd say it's a very, very good pick. All right. Thank you. Um, up first for me is going to have to be a really, really obvious one. Um, and that's going to have to be Brad Pitt. Uh, I'm going to say this because he's in some of my favorite movies of all time, not limited to Seven, Moneyball, Fight Club. Mm, movie. Oh, yeah. Um, Allied. And he's been in a million other ones. I mean, we're talking um, World War Z. We're talking Thelma and Louise. We're, that's, that was his first appearance, right? 1988 or 89? That film, yeah. I mean, there are certain films that you see a performer and you know that person is going to be a star. There was no doubt in anyone's mind that Brad Pitt was going to be the star that he is today based on that performance in Thelma and Louise. And you know, it's crazy too, because sometimes actors or actresses maybe have their looks going for them more so than their screen presence or just commanding performances. But I would say that he does a good, he's been in comedies. He's been in action movies as the main star. He's been the lead man in epics. And he's also been in horror movies or psychological horror thrillers. He has such amazing range for just the type of heartthrob actor that you think he'd just kind of boil down to i would imagine most people saw him in the same vein as leo uh leonardo dicaprio of course but uh, i mean he's done an incredible job i mean he's been in quentin tarantino films i mean he was even in happy feet too uh (laughs) he had a small cameo in deadpool too as well just for two seconds maybe but he was also in once upon a time in hollywood which was one of my favorite films of the past five years or so. I mean, really, really great actor. He's won Sexiest Man Alive twice by People Magazine, I believe. And he's one of the only people to do that alongside Johnny Depp and I think one or two other actors. But, you know, he has the Hollywood persona, the star, the star look, right? Mm -hmm. He also has 
the performances to back it up. And I think he's not only been a great character in these movies, but these movies themselves have been amazing even around him as well. He's been in quite a few classics and he's just dominated the 2000s in the late 90s. He's still around. He was in Ad Astra, um, I think, uh, recently. But He was I mean, very good at Ad Astra. Lousy movie, but good performance. Exactly. And that's I, I think that's what you can take away. Even though he's in mostly pretty decent films, if not very good films, a bad film can be bolstered just by his presence alone. And he can uh, sort of change the genres that he wants to be in pretty effortlessly. Also, I appreciate that he's had no real scandals, to be honest. I think uh, he's definitely been in the media with Jennifer Aniston and then um, Angelina Jolie. But for the most part, he's kept his nose pretty clean for a man of his profile. So there's something to be said about that. Yeah, people like him. Brad Pitt, honestly, I can take or leave, but there is no question that he's talented. But speaking of Brad Pitt, he was in a film with my next pick for one of my favorite actors, and that is Tom Cruise. Name the film that they were in together. Interview with a Vampire. Correct. Yes. Um, so Tom Cruise is probably the most prolific actor. Well, no, there's a couple others too. But Tom Cruise has been around for a very long time. And whether you like him or don't, and you know he sort of ebbs and flows in terms of uh, people's um, uh, affinity for him, he is venerable. He has been around a long time, and he's done a wide variety of um, films that are diverse, that are serious, that are comedic, that are, um, you know, he, he's latched himself to the um, Mission Impossible train, and rightfully so. But here's the thing about Tom Cruise. First of all, he stars in my favorite movie of all time, which nobody who's listening to this podcast will believe, but it is far and away with mm -hmm. his late wife, Nicole Kidman. Uh, not late wife, his former wife. <laughs> I was like, Nicole oh, Kidman is very uh, much that's alive news to me. great work too uh, uh, these days too. But, um, you know, when I think about Tom Cruise, I don't think of what is probably his most memorable. Oh, he's got a lot of memorable roles. Born on the Fourth of July, um, certainly Top Gun. Mm -hmm. um, do we need another Top Gun? No, I don't think so. But anyway. Has that come out yet, by the way? Uh, no. They, no. They've it been threatening to release it for the past three years. So I, yeah. I, I don't want to see it. But he can make a really lousy movie great, like The Last Samurai. Mm -hmm. I mean, way too long, but great performance. Valkyrie, Edge of Tomorrow, uh, Live, Die, Repeat, which is the other name for it. I mean, there's just, you know, there's tons of movies with, with Tom Cruise. And you got to say this about Tom Cruise. This is a guy who gives every film he's in his all. Oh, no there's kidding. no doubt about that. And he's, what, 56, 57, 58 years old now. And he, he is which is not old, by the way, but uh, he is just continuing to give every film his all. And you've mm -hmm. got to applaud him for that. You I really mean, do. I, I don't know of any other actor who just gives everything to a film. I mean, like did he climb the Burj Khalifa um, for Mission Impossible 4 in his <laughs> mid-40s? I mean, that was uh, probably newest and tallest building at the time it probably still is i'm not entirely and sure. still the best mission impossible film in my opinion it's one of the best action movies i've ever seen i mean it's got to be top three to be honest yeah, agreed. Um, and it was directed by i believe brad bird who also directed mm -hmm. the incredibles um yep. yeah but i think when people look at american uh, film or movies hollywood Tom Cruise is perhaps the quintessential American actor. He's been around mm -hmm. since the 80s. He's been an absolute fixture. And I don't think he's ever really stopped in terms of his just domination and the way his roles have gone. I mean, he's just been in a, 
like blockbuster after blockbuster after blockbuster. But, you know, he can play those dramatic roles as well. And um, he's been in comedic roles like Tropic Thunder. And I'm pretty sure he was in the big short. I mean, there was a thousand people there. But um, mm-hmm. he's he's a master of his craft. And I really appreciate that he does most, if not all of his own stunts. I mean, the guy is absolutely fearless. So, I mean, he's just like you said, he can make a bad movie much better i didn't like the outsiders movie but i thought he was one of the best i never saw it believe it he not. really had like a bit role in it to be honest yeah your mom uh, loves that film. i've never seen it yeah but uh overall tom cruise think what you may of him we know he's a scientologist but um he's a pretty pretty amazing actor and i think you'd be hard pressed uh to say that you don't enjoy at least one or five films with him in it you know mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. and apparently he's actually pretty short what is he like five seven five eight Oh, I think he might even be shorter than that. Maybe five, seven. I don't know. Yeah. Um, pretty, pretty crazy stuff though. I mean, Tom Cruise is a great pick. So we haven't overlapped yet. Um, we got one more each and I know you're not going to pick my third one. So you go. Oh, I got two more. Yeah. You've got Uh, number two to go. All right. So I'm going to go with an actress for this one and I'm going to say Viola Davis. Um, so most people probably know Viola Davis from the help, uh, where she really had her star turn there. But what most people don't know is that she was in a film, I believe in 2008, called Doubt. And she had eight minutes of screen time and she won a nomination uh, for an Academy Award because of it. Um, She's usually typecast in these strong mother roles where, you know, she's had a very turbulent family life or it's been very difficult for the family. But she is so incredible at portraying emotion on screen. And not only that, while some people might think she's typecast she's played villains i mean she was in how to get away with murder which is a shonda rhimes show you might know shonda rhimes from scandal or Grey's anatomy um and she won i believe she won an emmy for that and also she was amanda waller in uh, both suicide squad movies and i mean she just played the heck out of those roles and you might not like the first suicide squad movie but you gotta admit she was definitely one of the strongest aspects of that film um she's been in prisoners uh, playing her typecast role, uh, generally speaking. She was in Get On Up as James Brown's mother, opposite uh, Chadwick Boseman. And I'll say this. So did you see Fences? Uh, I did not. I wanted to see it, but um, then when I got an opportunity to see it, I didn't want to see it. So, And, you know, if you have Viola Davis and um, Denzel Washington in a film, mm-hmm. it can't be bad. But it was just not the right time for me to see it. Well, here's the thing about Fences. I didn't love it. Mm-hmm. But I thought that was probably one of the best acted movies I've ever seen in my entire life. I mean, those two are just powerhouses together. She is mm-hmm. so good in that role. And she's typecast in that role as her usual, you know, mother who's going through a very turbulent, um, you know, family time, I guess, or just even life. It's very tragic, but she just plays she just plays to emotion so well, somebody who's so vulnerable, but also somebody who's just a maybe stone cold, um, I guess, villain or anti-hero really in some senses. So she is fantastic. And she was also in, uh, I believe she was the star of Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have not seen that yet, but I believe that has received pretty universal praise. So that's going to be next up uh, in my uh, watch list for sure. Um, but also, I mean, The Help, fantastic book, fantastic movie. She was my personal favorite role that she ever did. Um, but yeah, Viola Davis, she's one of the greats today. She really is that good. 
Great choice. Mm-hmm. Okay, my third one and my last one is uh, Edward Norton. So Edward huh. Norton is, yeah, I, I had a feeling that uh, this might surprise you. I was going to briefly, con- I was considering him on my run today. And then mm-hmm. I thought, I do like his movies. And he is in some of my favorite movies, but I, he's, I'd say he's more of a you pick. Definitely more of a you pick. Yeah. Well, what I like about Edward Norton is that he has um, chosen some interesting films. Not all of them have been great. Sure. Um, but he is a very skilled actor. And I, and I remember, I don't know what year it was, back in the late 90s, probably, your mom and I went to a movie. Um, maybe it was even before you were born. But Primal Fear is one of our favorite films. And what a turn in that film. Uh, just un- Have you seen it? I've not fear. seen I've not year? seen Primal Fear. It probably came out the year before I was born or just around my time. Well, this is some film, let me tell you. And he, him in it is something else. So I highly recommend that. But some other films that he's been in um, um, that I've really liked, American History X. Insane movie. Oh, my goodness. That movie just is crazy. about intense, scary huh. intense, and just really? a really really good film he's also been in some more in some lighter films I, I the thing about edward norton is that he doesn't I, I feel like for where he is in his career we should see more of him and there are a few actors who sort of you know they they ebb and flow and he's he's more than a character actor but he's not a leading man is yeah he dare to say i'd say he's definitely uh best in supporting roles yeah, um, but he's he played, so talented. He really is. Um, but I think so. He kind of dropped off after I want to say the Incredible Hulk a little bit. He was actually yeah. recast. Um, his character was recast. I believe Mark Ruffalo got his character as the Hulk. But he has been known to be notoriously difficult to work with, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to the creative vision of directors. And it's hard enough jumping through all those hoops of even financing. Uh, making a film uh, you know going around with studio interference when it comes to creating a movie if you're paying an actor millions of dollars honestly you want them to shut up and act so I've heard he's very difficult to work with on film and he's been prone to um, a little bit of snobbery but uh, Mm. once again I don't know the guy it's just hearsay around Hollywood and I do think he kind of got a little bit um, I do want to say blacklisted a little bit lightly uh in 2008 but i mean he's certainly been in quite a few films uh since then i mean i think he's in who is the uh, wes anderson he's been in a uh, quite a few wes anderson films and i think he was in um was he in cloud atlas or some other movie i'm mistaking it with um i don't know that he was in cloud atlas but i know he was in birdman which is a film that Mm -hmm. will come back up in this conversation i did not like that film but again I like the performances by certain actors in that film. I think when he becomes, I think when he's probably about 55 or 60, he's going to have sort of a third act renaissance because Mm -hmm. he's still an incredibly talented actor. I just think he just needed about 10 years to simmer within the industry or so. Yeah. 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 Okay. That's my choice. My third and final actor choice. Nice. I do have some, some honorable mentions, but we'll get to those later. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm going to say for number three, this is really, really tough for me. But since we're doing favorite actors, um, yeah, I got to give this one 
oh, this is such a toss up between actually um, three of them, but I'm going to give this one to Christian Bale simply because yeah, I knew he'd be on your list. Yeah. Simply because of his incredible work as a method actor. Uh, so he's in some of my favorite films of all time. Uh, the Machinist, uh, The Fighter, Hostiles, um, and he's an American Psycho, which is also an incredible film. He's obviously Batman and the Christopher Nolan Dark Knight trilogy, uh, which he's not the Batman. He's just Batman. Right. He is the Dark Knight. You could say he's Batman, but not the Batman, which is Robert Pattinson's uh, newest movie and role. But uh, yeah, so let me go through this a a little bit quickly uh, so you can get an idea of the dedication he has to his films. So in The Machinist, he lost 62 pounds and he was 120 pounds in total. He was smoking cigarettes each day. He ate apples and drank coffee. That was his diet pretty much. Um, or so most of the entertainment variety magazines say. Um, when he went to play American Psycho, I believe Leonardo DiCaprio was supposed to get his role, but Christian Bale really fought for this and he uh, did get uh, cast eventually. Uh, he went up to 190. So he gained, oh my gosh, 120 to 190, 70 pounds. Uh, and he was quite muscular in that film. He had this whole routine in the beginning and everything. So, you know, you never saw him as a malnourished person. He seemed very fit. You know, he was 27, 28 at the time, I guess. And then for the Batman films, he uh, went up to 220. So uh, he gained about 30 pounds of muscle for that. And the prestige, he went down to 180. For American Hustle, I believe he gained a little bit of weight. Um, and then for Vice, uh, he went to 225 pounds. And Ford versus Ferrari, which I believe came out in 2019, mm-hmm. uh, he was 155 pounds. And he was also pretty thin in the fighter as well. So, I mean, he just goes up and down, up and down. And he cannot be good for your health. No, doctors hate him, truly. Um, but I think he's attributed a lot of his uh, success with doing that is that he says he doesn't really love food. He doesn't mind, you know, uh, he doesn't mind gaining weight or like losing weight because he doesn't have such a close tie or relationship with food in that sort of way. I think his first Mm -hmm. passion is, or first and foremost is acting. And he's been in a number of amazing films, as I mentioned before. And um, I don't know if he's won an Oscar. Actually, yes, he did win Best Supporting Actor for The Fighter, and he did win a Golden Globe for Vice. He's unrecognizable in some of his roles, and he's done an amazing job portraying absolute psychopaths, villains, some of the greatest heroes, some uh, downtrodden supporting characters. But he's always done a great job having range. He's Australian, so he hides his accent a whole lot mm. of the time. He was in Terminator Salvation as well. Nobody liked that one or the subsequent Terminator films afterwards. But He's been in a lot of big budget movies, but he's a real draw. When you get, when you know that Christian Bale is in a movie, you know he's going to do something special. And I think that's what part of the surprise and magic of uh, the films that he stars in uh, kind of bring. So I've loved most, if not all of his films that I've seen of him. And I think he's just through and through, he was just born to act, you know? I mean, he started as a child in um, mm-hmm. Steven Spielberg's yeah. Empire of the the Sun. Empire of the Sun. Yeah. Yeah. And I think he was about nine years old back then. So he's, he's incredible. I mean, you can't, you can't think of movies without thinking of him. So, yeah. I just want to point out here that I have a really, I have a much better relationship with food than Christian Bale, apparently. 
uh, <laughs> same. I'm literally wearing a shirt that says I ate the big one for yeah. a pancake eating challenge that you and I both dominated about five or six months ago. That's right. That's right. Okay. So I'm moving on to uh, actresses or female actors as they mm-hmm. were. Uh, and I'm going to go with um, an actress that I have often said uh, makes every film better and mm-hmm. I won't miss a film with her in it. And this is Emma Stone. Okay, so first of all, when most people think of Emma Stone, I think they probably think of what is the film that won her her Oscar and is my least favorite of the Emma Stone films that I have seen, and that is La La Land. Mm -hmm. Not a fan. I know I'm in the minority here, and I know you disagree vehemently with me, Noah, but just not a fan. But all that said, um, she elevates every film that she is in, whether it is, uh, you know, a film that she was in just last year, Cruella. Mm-hmm. which could have been over the top campy, but, and it kind of was, she made it plausible. Um, the help, you've already mentioned the help. She, she was, was in the help. Oh my gosh. That's right. Yeah. She was, she was. Yeah. In fact, uh, she then, was like the main character. And then once again, Birdman, a film I did not like, but the performances in Birdman were amazing. And she was so against type. I thought at that point in her career, in Birdman that she really stood out. So uh, I also happen to like, you know, of the 47 Spider-Man films that have been made in my lifetime or in the last 15, 20 years, I really prefer the amazing Spider-Man films. No one else does, but I do. And of course, Emma Stone as uh, Peter Parker's love interest. Gwen Stacy. She was my favorite. So uh, was she Gwen Stacy? Yes, she was. Okay. All right. So um, anyway, I'm a big fan of Emma Stone. I think she elevates every film that she's in. I haven't seen all of her films. Um, one of my friends thinks Easy A is her best film, which I think was one of her original films. Mm-hmm. But I, I just think she gets better and better over time. And I hope she continues to pick really good, high-quality films. Whether or not they're commercial successes, she is a real talent. Uh, I can definitely agree with that. Um, I'm kind of hot and cold with her uh, stuff usually, but I think she's been in some of my... Uh, some really really uh great modern classics um i just had a weird thought though so she usually presents as a redhead but she was gwen stacy and spider-man who has blonde hair mm-hmm. and she would have been perfect for mary jane with her natural hair color which is a redhead that's actually really interesting that they did that i guess mm-hmm. they kind of just wanted to switch it up from mary mm-hmm. jane Kirsten Dunst, uh, Mary Jane to Gwen Stacy uh, for the next series. But, but wasn't um, Bryce Dallas Howard Gwen Stacy in the third Spider-Man film? Yes, the third she original was. Spider-Man film? The what? The third original Spider-Man film? The, the third Tobey Maguire Spider-Man? Yeah, she was. Okay. She was. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, that was a she, bit of a travesty. Yeah. You know, that movie retroactively has got, it's kind of like the Star Wars prequels, like one and two at least. It's got a lot of love over time. It's just kind of one of those movies where people are like, it's not objectively bad, but it's, it, it was just too big for its own good. And there's mm-hmm. a lot of memes that come out of it. There's a lot of humor you can look back on to see how ridiculous it was. Um, so it's got a lot of retroactive love, especially in the wake of uh, No Way Home, which is an excellent, excellent movie. I've so, seen it. That's very good. Anyway. Um, so I'm going to move on to my honorable mention. I'm going to say Andy Circus. If you don't recognize, oh, by the way, that was not my honorable mention. That was my fourth. So I'm oh. coming back to honorable mentions. Oh, okay. I chose. So I chose three um, as my top ones. Uh, so so did I, but I did three actors. And oh, gotcha. Three female actors, right? Okay. 
Okay, fair enough. Um, I'm going to go into my honorable mentions, and um, this is going to be Andy Circus. Uh, and you might not recognize that name, but you have I definitely, do. yeah, you have definitely seen him on screen. Uh, he is uh, Snoke in the Star Wars uh, sequel trilogy. He is Captain Haddock in uh, The Adventures of Tintin. He is uh, the main villain of Black Panther next to Killmonger. Uh, he is Caesar from the Planet of the Apes movies, mocapped. Um, he is Gollum in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. He is Baloo in the live action Jungle Book movie. He is King Kong. Which is amazing. Yeah, he is King Kong from the 2005 film. And he was also in The Prestige. Um, he has, you might also know him as Alfred in the new Batman movie. The best Alfred on screen to date. Yeah, so this man is incredibly talented. And I think it's one thing to uh, have been in some of the most popular media franchises of all time uh, on screen. But it's another thing to have your performances be mocapped, which is you playing a CGI character, i.e. King Kong or Caesar or Snoke, and being able to give not just a believable performance, but a really, really just driving strong performance. I think he has been the, I mean, absolute highlight of a lot of these characters who have become classic either since or have become more classic in the zeitgeist since his performances with them. I mean, you, you must admit, it's hard enough to act on screen, but to be covered in CGI and to have those movements, those facial nuances, to be able to convey emotion and uh, of all types, uh, he's really just an incredible actor, both um, in within CGI and without it. I mean, I think he's very, very good. So most people might not know him as an A-list actor, but he certainly is. And he's been in many movies that lots of people have seen. So shout out to Andy Serkis, honorable mention. Okay. All right. I'm going to keep going down. I'm going to save my honorable mentions until uh, after my top six. And I've already given you four. So I'm going to go with my next uh, female actor. And I am going with Tony Collette. So here's the oh, thing yeah. about Tony Collette. So I first saw Tony Collette. Remember what I said earlier? Sometimes you watch a film and you see a performer and you say, that person is going to be a star. Well, Tony Collette was the mother in The Sixth Sense. And I remember sitting in the theater, watching her uh, in the car. She was in the car talking. And I thought, who is this person? Mm. She's amazing. And naturally, that's been, what, 20 years ago. And she continues to go from uh, television to film, uh, back to television, back to film. She's in a new show on Netflix called Pieces of Her, which I'm still trying to figure out. Um, but I know she's in one of your favorite movies of all time, which is Hereditary, one of mm. my least favorite movies of all time. Um, but you have just, to admit, her performance in that movie was unbelievable. I mean, her performance in everything that she's in is unbelievable. She is just really good. She was in another show on um, Netflix, which was excellent. I, I've seen so many shows on Netflix, as you know from my Check It Outs, that uh, I can't remember exactly what it was, but. She's just a, a, a tremendous talent. Um, she's really strong in that she is um, sort of a character actor, but um, a little bit, I think, uh, a higher. Um, there's a little more presence 
and I, that's not to diminish character acting because we need really strong character actors, but she was in about a boy. She was in knives out. I mean, she just, oh, you know, right. she may not, she may not be the lead in everything, but everything that she does makes the film or the show much better than it should be. So Tony Collette. Yeah. She's been incredibly strong in the movies that I've seen with her. And I was introduced to her through, I, I believe hereditary, but um, I've since seen some of her films and I mean, she's excellent. She truly is. One of those uh, movie sins uh, I have is having not seen The Sixth Sense. I've probably seen every other M. Night Shyamalan film, um, but I haven't seen The Sixth Sense yet, weirdly enough. So hopefully it's as good as uh, people hold it up to be even today. I will not say anything. All right. I remember you didn't love it, I think. All right. Um, I will not say anything. (laughs) Fair enough. So up next for me, another honorable mention has got to be uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. So he is uh, <clears throat> he is one of a two sibling duo. Probably didn't say that the best way uh, I could have. Uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal or Gyllenhaal, and she's played in uh, the Dark Knight movies and many other films. But he's kind of eclipsed her as uh, just this wildly prolific actor who plays a lot of different characters he's an end of watch which i think is a movie that every single person on the planet should see i mean just harrowing incredibly incredibly riveting film a very very i mean such a great movie but he's also he also got his start in donnie darko which i did not like um but who would have known this would be the guy who to star alongside hugh jackman in prisoners uh, played the main sort of villain role in Nightcrawler as the skeezy, really just, you know, you're not sure of uh, his intentions, like that kind of guy. Uh, <clears throat> a military man, Jarhead, um, obviously a police officer and End of Watch. He was the main villain, Mysterio, uh, in Spider-Man Far From Home. He was an enemy, which I believe was directed by Denis Villeneuve, who is who directed Prisoners. And he also directed Blade Runner 2049 and more recently, Dune. Uh, he was in Brokeback Mountain alongside Heath Ledger, who is very, very well known for his role as the Joker in Dark Knight. And he was also in Zodiac. Um, he was also in this very unique little bottle film uh, that premiered only on Netflix called Velvet Buzzsaw. And he's just he's just a wildly entertaining actor. I mean, there's not many of his films that I've seen that I just don't like. I, I mean, his performances are captivating, to say the least. I think he just has natural acting ability. I believe his sister is really, really good too. But I just see more of him in the movies that end up uh, coming onto my screen. But um, yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal, I mean, who would have known that he would make such a successful transition from uh, his time in Donnie Darko, which eventually became more of a cult hit, to what he is now? I mean, really one of the major contenders uh, among most actors, I would say. Yeah, I um, he's really been around a while now, and um, I think he's another one who I think does a nice job of investing in films in a way that you don't frequently see from just every every actor. So, um, okay, my last one before I get to my honorable mentions is uh, wait for it, Kate Winslet. So I don't Titanic. think that a year I don't think a year ago Kate Winslet would have been on my list, but I have to tell you, first of all, I do like the film Titanic. I know you don't like the film Titanic, but it's no. not that performance necessarily, um, though it is sort of iconic. Um, For me, I would have to say, uh, 
Well, okay. She's in the holiday, which is one of my favorite holiday films. Uh, that is a Cameron Diaz and yes. Black and some other, that's a really mm-hmm. good film. But the reason I say she probably wouldn't have been on my list last year was if you saw any television last year, in my opinion, the best thing that was on television last year was mayor of Easttown. And to see her who is, you know, very glamorous and, you know, a, a very storied actor, um, play in this role, Eastern Pennsylvania, sort of outside of where I grew up as a detective. I mean, this is a, this is a gritty, um, piece of, of, um, well, of, of television. And did you see it? Mayor of Easttown? No, but I've heard amazing things about it. it I'm is rewatching. Absolutely amazing. I'm rewatching it's, Breaking Bad and Parks and Rec right now, so I'm very busy with my. Oh, television. Get to Mayor of Easttown. It's only like ten episodes, and it, you know, it was the kind of show that you were you were really disappointed. There are a lot of shows I watch that are six or eight episodes, and I'm like, I'm good. You know, I enjoyed that. I'm good. Mayor of Easttown could have gone on for five more episodes, and I would have been just fine with it. It's a great film or a great uh, piece of acting. It's a great compliment to a lot of her film work. And I think she won an Emmy for lead uh, female actor in, in, for any show. I mean, it, last year, she's, she's a real talent. And, and so I would say Kate Winslet, not because of some of her iconic films, but because of the diversity of films that she has taken on so successfully really shows her range as, as an actor. And uh, I'm a big fan. So Kate Winslet. Yeah, uh, we're going on for a little while here, but I, I could definitely say um, that just two quick honorable mentions for myself would be uh, Nicole Kidman. I mean, she honestly, in the past two or three years, she's just had like a really, really great time with TV. I mean, she's been in so many different roles there, but she was fantastic in the others as well. I mean, wow. I mean, what a performance in that film. One of my so, all time favorites. Yeah, I mean, she's uh, she's next. She's a next level actress. Um, and then I would probably say Julia Roberts uh, was would be another good actress for me. I thought Aaron Brockovich was probably her best movie. But I mean, one of my favorite films. She is just I mean, she's sensational. She really is. And I haven't seen enough of her lately. So uh, hopefully she's in uh, another big piece of media. But, Do you know um, who, you know who my my two honorable mentions were for female actors, Nicole Kidman and Julia Roberts? No kidding. Yeah, no yeah. kidding. That's yeah, funny. and you're right, Nicole Kidman. I mean, she is in everything, and I I swear to you, the older she gets, the better she gets. Um, you she think so? takes some interesting. I really think she's. I used to not like Nicole Kidman as a performer. Mm-hmm. She's really good, and you know, some people really didn't like the being the Ricardos film that she's in on. Amazon, she was amazing as Lucille Ball. So she's really, really good. And Julia Roberts is just, I mean, the, you know, going from all those romantic comedies to an Aaron Brockovich, which of course garnered her her Oscar. It, she's just great. She's so likable mm-hmm. and and um, can do a lot of things. I wouldn't say she's, you know, maybe at the same level as some of the other performers we've talked about, but because she's so likable, she's um, got some range. And she's made wise choices over her career. Mm-hmm. She's certainly up there. I think that's another mark of a really good actor, actress. Like yeah. you were talking about with Jake Gyllenhaal, he's not really in a bunch of massive blockbusters per se. You know, the mm-hmm. ones that are <clears throat> those too big to fail movies, or there's ones that, you know, just turn out fine. I think he's very, very intentional with the movies he picks. I, I mean, he's mm-hmm. had very well rated movies. And I, I would say that um, you can definitely say that for Julia Roberts as well. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right, cool. Well, that um, that concludes uh, my picks. Do you have any more? Well, I had a few more. Uh, for for uh, male actors, I had Tom Hanks as uh, an honorable mention. I mean, come on, Tom yeah. Hanks. I, that's all we have to say. Two words, Tom Hanks. Uh, and then uh, female actors, I would say the others I would add is Sandra Bullock, who has also made very good choices, I think, over her career. Uh, she sort of ebbs and flows with comedies and dramas and, and does good work. I really liked Bird Box a lot. Uh, and another <laughs> one is Olivia Coleman. She's come out of nowhere and she was in my favorite, my second favorite TV show of all time, which is Broadchurch. So anyway. nice. Nice. Yep. Yeah. I think Sandra Bullock's a good choice. Um, yeah. I don't know if it was just me, but I thought she disappeared for a small number of she years did. there mostly, but she did. that was probably her own choice. But yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, she's, uh, pretty much uniformly great in almost everything she uh she's in um the new oceans movie the newer one oceans eight i believe was really really good and i thought she was a fantastic lead in that Hmm. yeah all right cool so let's talk a little bit about that direction i was mentioning the redirection yes so obviously we are an entertainment variety podcast and we've made a point to and we are very entertaining yeah, we've made a point to uh, do this every week with as much variety as we can. But as any content creator, aspiring content creator, or listener would know when it comes to the media they consume, things can't always be completely fresh. And it can be a little bit difficult when it comes to two people who do this as a side uh, sort of side thing to come up with something that is incredibly new every single time. Of course, we have a lot of overarching themes to our stuff that sometimes overlaps. We try to get different things in whenever we bring something new to you. So with that said, uh, my dad actually came up with the idea of us sort of pivoting our direction into a potential more movie podcast because we talk about films so much. actors, And because there aren't many movie podcasts. (laughs) <laughs> yeah of course they're a dime a dozen but uh then again we just enjoy doing this you know then there's um, easy talk but i will i will also say this do not fret um this gives us more of an opportunity to sort of reshift our focus so you know what to expect but we're still going to put our fun stuff in there you know we're still going to do our rankings of other things uh such as like you know foods or talk about some of the experiences we've had um but only when that inspiration comes to us and it feels right So we feel like it's best and more fair to our listeners and to ourselves, to be honest, to be able to make a podcast where we know what we want to do, where we can really analyze it each week and sort of give the best version of what we got over to you, while also being able to dive into other things at will when the time comes. So of course, we're going to remain entertainment variety, but we're going to shift our focus to more of a movie priority if that if that sounds right to you what would you say yeah i think that's right i think one of the things that we wanted to make mention of is that we um noah has seen a lot of movies and i've seen a lot of movies because i've been around longer 29 years longer but noah has seen a lot of movies so our goal is to find movies that neither of us have seen that won't be hard. I mean, there's plenty that I haven't seen. Yeah. I mean, you'd be surprised at the films that I haven't seen. Some of the most iconic films out there I haven't seen. I mean, I just but, told you um, I haven't watched The Sixth Sense. I mean, come on. Yeah, but I've seen it. So we can't do that, right? Because we both have to have not seen it. Yeah. And that's totally okay. fine. I mean, I'm right. sure there's quite a few. I like mean, for example, we did The Shining, right? Yeah. You know, last year. And that was that was a, an actual a nice surprise for, I think, both of us because we had not seen it. But the goal is for us to 
um, you know, to, to identify movies that we have not seen. And then on a weekly basis, our homework will be to watch these movies and then to uh, offer our, our opinions of them and learn from one, from one another while you're learning from us. Yeah, that makes us more well-rounded as film buffs. And of course, when it comes to these movie reviews, there's going to be bits and pieces of entertainment variety in there. So we're not going to completely abandon uh, our original intent with this podcast, but more so just sort of test a little shift and see what we think. Hopefully our listeners will enjoy it. But I mean, it's still going to be us talking about our favorite things and, you know, what we like. So this will be the definitive uh, film podcast. (laughs) <laughs> the definitive film because i said uh, so <laughs> because you said so yes because i said so all right do you want to move and to check it out sure yep what you got uh, you go first okay uh i have a tv show imagine that um i have been doing more than than watching tv but uh i'm gonna offer up the gilded age so this is on hbo max i don't think mm-hmm. i've recommended this before so if you're a fan of Down Abbey, you will like The Gilded Age. Um, Noah's mom was watching this and said, you're going to like it. We should watch it. And I said, no, no, I don't. I really, I'm a big fan of Down Abbey. But, um, but uh, I decided, well, 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 we'll check it out. And sure enough, it's pretty doggone good. It's uh, basically 1900 um, uh, sort of, uh, whereas Down Abbey is naturally uh, England. Uh, and um, the Gilded Age is America, and it's set in New York City in, around the turn of the century. So it's, you know, lots of set pieces and, and great costumes and good storytelling and, and fine acting. You've got Christine Baranski and Carrie Coon and, and some lead roles, and um, it's a lot like Downton Abbey. Probably not quite Downton Abbey, but mm-hmm. worth checking out. So it's called The Gilded Age. It's on HBO Max. I think there are seven or eight episodes posted. They offer them once a week, and it was just renewed for season two. So uh, The Gilded Age, check it out. All right. <clears throat> so mine's going to be pretty simple. Um, it's going to be a food this time um, because I can't remember that new Gatorade that they just came out with that I really like. It tastes a lot like Propel, by the way. If you've listened to our earlier episodes, you can tell that we both love Propel. We're big fans. But um, if you are a Reese's fan, uh, which I am a lifelong Reese's fan, is far and away my favorite candy, uh, you should definitely try Reese's Fast Breaks. Uh, Mm. These are delicious. They're just kind of like a Milky Way, but Reese's. And um, I mean, they're just, I mean, you can probably pick them up at any gas station or probably grocery store. That's where I've gotten it for you. Yep. But to be honest, they're not in every place. And when they're in a place that I frequent, I clear them out. These are the best, best candies, I think, on the market right now. And you won't be disappointed. So short and sweet, just like uh, these Reese's Fast Breaks. That's what I have to recommend. All right, cool. So um, I believe that concludes uh, this week's episode. So thank you very much for listening. And hopefully you'll stick with us uh, despite our little little shift departure. in departure. Yeah, our little adventure. Yes, that's a good way of putting it. But um, until then, we'll see you next week. I'm Noah. I'm Greg. And this is Easy Talk.